Welcome to the Team Radical Podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to everything hunting and the great outdoors. If you guys love every aspect of hunting and the camaraderie that goes along with it, I promise you will love this podcast. Please make sure to leave us some positive reviews and those five stars. We appreciate it. Now, let's get to the show. All right, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Kyle Harmon, the host. And if you're just joining us for the first time, we're taking you through week by week through our entire deer season here across multiple states. And we are on week four this week. And man, it's been an exciting week in a lot of ways, good and bad. So I'm going to start it off and talk about what I've done so far in this past week and my encounters. And then we're going to hop on the phone with Chris Walker and Matt Lape and talk about some encounters they've had. And I know collectively as a whole throughout the entire team, we've had quite a few good encounters over this past week. And it's shaping up to get even better uh, really, really soon, if not starting tomorrow but basically we got a lot of rain in the forecast uh for tonight and tomorrow yet and then saturday it's gonna completely clear out and it's gonna be lower temperatures next week we've got temperatures in the high in the 40s i think that's gonna be prime i think next week there's gonna be a lot of big bucks in the dirt i know it seems like i always say that but i really do think that and it's just the right time of year you know the pre-rut and bucks chasing the does and everything else it's it's going to be chaos and a lot of fun i hope so anyways to get started uh my week started off with sunday us getting a phone call that our daycare had covid and all of the people basically there had covid so we had to take our kids in and get tested and we got all tested and sure enough my oldest daughter kenzie came back positive. So we are in quarantine. And while we're in quarantine just today, my youngest daughter, Kimber, actually started running a fever. So we're getting her tested tomorrow and she's probably gonna have COVID. So it's been uh, quite hectic trying to align schedules between my wife and I, who's watching the kids uh, and, and when we can go to work or not go to work. And it's just been crazy. And it's Typical fashion for me, something crazy happening during deer season, prime time. Not to mention my daughter's birthdays are, one's in the end of October, one's in the middle of November. But hey, I wouldn't trade them for anything in the world. No deer, no nothing. So I'm just hoping we get through this and nobody's affected and, you know, they just got minor symptoms now and hopefully that just passes and and we're good to go. So Let's talk about deer hunting. So first of all, we talked about the rain coming tonight and tomorrow, and then it's going to clear up, and I think it's going to be dynamite next week. And really looking forward to hunting my go-to spots that I've really stayed out of so far. And I've just today checked trail cameras and pulled a whole bunch of cards, and the number one buck that I want to go after this season was daylight just two days ago. And it's about perfect timing for me to get in there and start hunting for him in the uh, area that I'm hoping to kill him. The problem is, is I know he lives on the neighbors, no question about it. And I only get lucky if when he comes searching for does onto our property. So hopefully I'll get a crack at him where I had some daylight pictures of him last year. I think last year I had a picture of him Halloween day and um, then I started getting more pictures of him about November 5th time frame all the way up until basically the end of November so just real hit or miss and only a few of those were daylight so really looking forward to chasing that deer hopefully we can get a crack at him 
But uh, so to start off for that buck, the other day I got a picture, and it was a daylight picture of that buck. And I decided where this buck was at, I needed to get in there and hang two new sets. One for any northerly wind and one for any southerly wind. There's a little CRP in between these two points of timber. And I felt like he was coming across from the neighbors and coming in there. And just really short period of time, you know, matter of uh, early morning for 10 minutes and he's and he's gone and through it and out the other side. And so I went in there and I got both of those stands hung while it was pouring down rain. That's the best time, in my opinion, to hang a tree stand and trail cameras. But it's also the most dangerous time to be hanging tree stands. So I was safe, hooked in with the safety harness all the way up and down. Got them both hung, safe and sound. Got all the lanes trimmed. Got the uh, trail cameras hung. So they're just sitting and soaking right now. Good odds of I might get a crack at that buck out of one of those two stands. Maybe. We'll see. So the following morning, I actually hunted that uh, one of the stands I hung and was pretty uneventful. Saw a small buck and saw four or five does and fawns. Nothing crazy. And uh, just a beautiful morning, though. It was nice and cool. It's after we had all that wind, you know, 20-mile-an-hour winds, and it laid down. I was expecting I'd see a little bit more than what I did, but it is what it is. And then we're going to fast forward to October yeah, so it be the same day, so it'd be October 26th, uh, which was just uh, yesterday. No, I'm sorry. What day would that be? That would be, yeah, that would be two days ago. So that would have been on Tuesday. Tuesday afternoon hunt, I hunted uh, one of my blinds and overlooking the clover and chicory plots, and it was a fantastic hunt. I passed up the six-year-old buck that I called Braveheart, Again, uh, she's got, if you didn't know, he's got a broken G3 on one side. And even if he wasn't broken, I don't think I was going to shoot him. I was hoping maybe someone else, family member or something would get a crack at him with me. But I personally was going to lay off that deer regardless. And then ended up seeing eight other bucks and they were all three years old and younger. Uh, All those other bucks were. And then a nice big doe came out. Offered me a perfect shot at 23 yards. Heart shot her. She only went about 30, 40 yards. And uh, she piled up right there. So that was great. And got her cleaned up and put her in the walk-in cooler. So we'll be uh, butchering her here real shortly. So that brings us to the October 27th hunt, which was yesterday afternoon, which was a wild wild west hunt it was crazy so i got in there where i'm sitting is where i shot uno back in 2019 and i have not hunted that stand since i shot uno so almost two years little less than two years by a month to the day of when i shot uno and basically this is inside the timber it's in a pinch it's in a pinch point basically between a big bluff and a big open food source, the real world clover and chicory food source. And I got in there fairly early, probably about 2.30, I'd say, and got everything set up, was all ready to go, and uh, didn't see a single deer for, shoot, I don't know how long, till at least 4.30. 
And then in the clover out there in the big plot, I could see <clears throat> a small eight pointer and a spike and they uh, were just feeding and not having any interest whatsoever in does or anything. And it was about 10 minutes later, 15 minutes later, I caught movement coming from the west. And sure enough, is this really nice four-year-old nine-pointer that I know really well. And I actually passed up this buck with Nate uh, when he was here last, which was in, would have been, I think, week three. I think that was week three. Passed him up. So he ends up coming through this pinch, and he's just feeding on acorns and and, you know, just slowly, slowly. I mean, it took him probably 20 minutes to cover 100 yards. And just feeding on acorns, not sniffing, searching for does or nothing. Um, I was kind of shocked. I thought he'd be cruising, trying to pick up a scent of a doe. But he definitely wasn't. Ended up coming by me at 15 yards and just kept moseying on. And one thing I noticed right away from that experience, though, is I've got two trail cameras in that pinch, one cellular and one's non-cellular. And he skirted both of those trail cameras. In fact, every single deer that I saw last night did not get a picture of any of them, not one picture of any of the deer that I saw last night. And I'm getting ready to tell you about all the deer I saw. But it was incredible that those deer skirted those trail cameras. And one of them is even up high, facing down, and they didn't go by either one of them which is mind-boggling to me, but just goes to show don't always rely on your trail cameras because there's a lot of things that you don't know what's happening in there. And the buck that I see a little bit later that I'm going to talk about here in a second, I have not got a picture of him in weeks. And this buck just showed up last night. And that just goes to show you need to be there as much as you possibly can and don't solely rely just on your trail cameras because uh, you could be missing a lot. And in my case, I was. So anyways, he carries on, walks off. And about, I would say 15 minutes later, I look out in the big plot. There's a bunch more deer out there. Can't tell really what they all are. And then I catch movement to my left. I look to my left and there's a doe and a fawn slowly, slowly, slowly coming towards me. And I'm watching them, watching them. I look to my right, and I could see this great big doe standing to my right at about 40 yards inside the timber. And I could tell it was a great big mature doe. I thought, you know, surely there's got to be a buck in the area going to come check her. And sure enough, a small little eight-pointer and a little spike, they kind of act like they're going to go towards her, but then they just started feeding and had no care in the world. Wasn't pushing her, no nothing. So I thought, man, that's that's odd for this time of year. For the 27th, I figured especially the small bucks would be, you know, trying trying to chase that tail. But so I'm just watching them, and then I decided to take my attention off them and go back to my left because they're in some thicker stuff where I know they're not going to see me moving or anything. Look to my left to make sure nothing's coming behind that other doe and fawn, and I don't see nothing. I want to make sure they don't bust me because they are heading my way. And I'd say they're about uh, 30 yards right now. And they're a little bit in the more open. So I've got to be real careful at this point. And I'm standing up trying to film and watching everything, what's going on. And I probably waited at least 10 more minutes and looked back to my left. And that doe was still standing there. And she might have took maybe two or three steps. And 
I decided I was going to throw up the binoculars and just make sure that was that small buck behind her. And lo and behold, it was not the small buck. It was a first glance in the binoculars. I could see a great big five point sign. I'm like, holy crap, what deer is this? And I'm trying to figure out what deer it is, what deer it is. And then finally I realized what deer it is. It's a five and a half year old buck that I've got three years of history with, including this year. And it's a buck that my daughter is called Stinker. And he's a mainframe 10. He's probably about 22 inches wide. And he's got a broken brow on one side. And one thing that stuck out to me, for, I, I've seen this buck in the summer, summer months in velvet, is this deer actually got a little bit smaller than he was last year. Uh, his tine length really shrank quite a bit compared to last year. His tallest tines were his G3s, which are probably 11, 10 or 11. Anyways, he's probably like a mid-150s deer. And I couldn't decide. I wanted to have the experience to see when I saw him in person if I wanted to shoot him or not. And I'm sitting there having a contemplating, should I shoot him, should I not, should I shoot him, should I not, because he's getting ready to walk into this wide-open opening that's at 32 yards. And I've got the camera rolling. Everything's going. And can't decide and then this is when all chaos breaks out and keep in mind from this point forward this whole thing is is on film you can see everything that i'm doing from my gopro angle and this is just wild so basically i can't decide if i want to shoot this buck or not and then in the meantime this doe ends up coming right towards me and ends up coming at 20 yards wide open and I knew that bigger buck was going to do the same thing. So I'm, I'm trying to ask myself if I'm going to shoot this deer or not because I need to grab my bow and get situated if I'm going to do that. And as I'm trying to think about all this, all of a sudden I look down at my screen and the red battery light starts blinking on my video camera, meaning dead battery. And I'm like, oh, no. It just went from half half battery life to zero in a matter of seconds could not believe it and i had no time to reach down in my pack to grab another battery to try to change it uh, there's no way i would have got away with that movement so as i'm recording i'm just hoping and praying that it's going to last long enough for me to get film if i'm going to shoot him or not and about that time my camera completely dies and i'm like oh no so I don't know why I thought to try this, but I did it. I tilted the camera forward and pulled out the battery, lodged the battery back in, turned the camera on, and it turned on and started recording. And then within a second or two, it says memory card is full. So on this camera, uh, in the frame rate that I'm shooting, it will not switch over to the other card to record. I have to manually take out that card so it will record to that other card. So while this deer is now coming towards me, I have to pop out this SD card, put it in my pocket, shut the casing again, turn the camera back on, and at this point, he's 20 yards now. And you can see me on the GoPro. I turn around to grab my bow, and you can even hear me grabbing it, and then I let go of it and decide not to and turn back around and start recording them. And anyways, these two end up going right past me at 20 yards and then they go straight downwind of me and they immediately caught wind of me i could just tell they got a lick of my wind and they just stood there they stood there completely frozen did not move 
and the buck sat there and tried to lip curl to smell me and I thought it was game over and they're going to bust out of there. But in the next 22 minutes of that complete frozen stare down, not moving, <clears throat> that's how long they were stood there without moving. 22 minutes is when all chaos broke out behind me to my back right. While they're standing there on full alert trying to win me, I heard another buck growling. I heard other bucks grunting. Then I heard complete chaos, crashing antlers, huge fight breaks out to my back right. They can't be more than 50, 60 yards from me, uh, just from the distance from me to the to the actual field edge. I knew they were in the woods. Then I hear the deer just running full blast, and I hear one snort wheeze, and they're just, I mean, just chaos. They're running around, grunting, growling, rattling, snort wheezing, and I cannot move. I can't turn to my right to look back there. Otherwise, this buck will definitely bust me. They were paying attention to all the sound, but they're still looking my direction to look that way. So if I move at all, they're going to definitely bust me, especially that doe. She was pinned looking my way the whole time. So that was all going on, and then the buck in front of me, the uh, buck stinker, the five-year-old, he snort wheezes. He ended up snort wheezing two different times. And the first one scared me so bad, uh, you can tell the jitter in my camera camera arm. I gripped it real tight. It scared me. I wasn't expecting that. But anyways, they ended up finally after 22 minutes walking straight away, and the buck started pushing the doe and started chasing her. So I just thought it was really weird, though, that that buck wouldn't leave that doe, and that doe wouldn't leave that buck. And here it is, October 27th. So I don't know if they're already together. Uh, they could definitely could be, I guess. But it was quite an eventful afternoon of hunting, a really good one. Definitely a good first sit for being back in that stand. And basically, I've basically narrowed it down on that on this farm now. There's really only one buck that I'm still waiting to see, and that's the one that only one that I want to shoot really on this property. And he should be six and a half years old this year, and I have not got a single picture of him or a single sighting of him. So I don't know if I'm going to spend much time here until I do get a picture or if I'm going to chase that other buck uh, at a different property, which I'm certain I'm definitely going to be doing that very soon. So I'm going to be bouncing around between these two farms. But regardless, it was a fun hunt. It was a big cluster mess, and... I am glad I didn't end up shooting him. I got some cool pictures and video of him, but I just know I wouldn't have been happy. Um, I totally would be fine with a family member or someone else shooting him this year. But for me personally, I figure if he makes it, uh, let's see what he does at six and a half. Maybe he'll bounce back again. So it's been an exciting week in a lot of different ways, like I said at the beginning, and really looking forward to this coming week. Hopefully with all this COVID and quarantine stuff that we can, I can sneak out of the house here and there to try to hunt. So, and plus I'd like to get my wife out to hunt too, but obviously we can't do that until after this quarantine stuff's over. So we'll just play it by ear for now. So without any further ado, we are going to hop on the line now with Chris Walker, who's had some pretty good encounters as well over this past week and here in week four. So let's hop on the line now with Chris. All right, now on the phone, I've got Chris Walker. How are you tonight, Chris? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. How about you? 
Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. You guys uh, getting over that sickness over there? I guess you guys had RSV, right? Yeah. Yep. No, we're all good, and everyone's slowly getting better. It seems like this stuff just dragged on and on, and, you know, science infections, and then being out hunting with all these crops coming around, out around us never helps, but, you know, that's just part of this time of year. And Yeah. You know. I was out today, I was looking around, and I can't get over how much the leaves have changed just, like, in the last four or five days. I mean, it is absolutely beautiful the way the trees look right now. It actually looks like fall, finally. Yeah, yeah, it literally, uh, I noticed it change from Sunday to Monday, just absolutely huge. Yeah, and I, I think it was last year, I was talking to somebody last year, and they said basically by this time of year, last year, basically all the leaves are already off. I don't know, I can't recall if that's true or not, but... It makes sense with the drought we had, you know, last year and the last fall. But uh, I think the leaves are definitely staying on longer this year for sure than what they were last year without question. Oh, yeah. We had already – pretty sure we looked back and we already had snow by this time last year. And, you know, everything – grass is still green as can be and everything is still growing like crazy. And, uh, you know, just grass and – Yep. Some of the clover spots and stuff all look super green and good right now. Yeah. So let's kick this off with talking about uh, the hunts you've had since last time we were on here for week three. I know uh, you you hunted, I believe, four different days throughout this past since we were last on here. So let's just mm-hmm. break that down and tell us uh, what it looked like and what your game plan was and uh, what encounters you had and so forth. Okay. Well, um, Nate Addison, uh, he came over and, uh, hunted with me for, um, I guess Friday, it would have been Friday night and Saturday. And we went out Friday night and, uh, the corn was still in around our property. And we sat in a blind, um, box blind overlooking a clover plot, which there is a ton of edge right in this particular spot because we have, uh, we're on the edge of the tree line, and then there's also um, a CRP buffer edge around it, habitat buffer, and then there was all the, the cornfield um, around that. So um, we opted this set up there, and we used the decoy and had that out. And really the night uh, was kind of – it was pretty slow, but we had two does come out. They slowly came in, checked the decoy out. They didn't come right up to it, but – they got like about 30 yards um, from the blind. We could have shot both of them. And then we had two bucks come in probably like the last five or 10 minutes of light. They came in and uh, checked out the decoy. And um, one of them was looking at that decoy and we got a, a revealed picture. And you could actually see Nate and I uh, with the windows open in the blind. It was a pretty cool picture. Yeah, that's um, so cool. You guys are like, you guys are like illuminated in that blind. You can see you and Nate clear as day in that picture. Yeah, that IR picking up our camo and stuff like that. It was just crazy. I mean, obviously, we didn't look like that to the deer, but uh, it, it was pretty impressive. Yeah, so um, he didn't want anything to do with that decoy or anything, or was he? Oh, no, they came into the decoy. Actually, one of the bucks was uh, was funny. He stopped in the clover plot, and he was just um, pawing at the ground. Uh, just biggest to be made like a, a scrape out there, and then the other one, kept walking up to the decoy but he i don't know he probably stayed 20 yards from it but he uh he wasn't too sure of it but i mean he was broadside right in front of us in the blind um but anytime 
he went near that other buck. Uh, the other buck started getting mad and, uh, you know, just started coming at him a little bit. So it was almost like my decoy uh, instigated a fight between those two bucks that were cruising together. I got you. And that was Friday night? Yeah. Okay. Yep. And then, um, let's see. So Saturday, we had east winds and the temperature dropped. So I think that that Saturday was probably the coolest morning we've had this year, I think. And um, we went out. We uh, hunted on uh, in a creek bottom on um, the edge of a little clover plot in the bottom of uh, two big oak ridges. And uh, we actually didn't see a deer that morning. And, um, we decided that night that we were going to go try, um, setting up on a different farm and use the decoy and, uh, we were going to try some rattling. Well, we did not see a deer at all that night and our cameras, cameras were pretty dead, uh, most of that day. And, um, we thought it was really going to be good because we had a huge, storm front coming in uh sunday night or i guess i guess it was like late saturday night i think it was 1 a.m when it kind of started but we like were suspecting the deer would be moving really good uh, in front of the storm but um you know we had the east wind i think the pressure was dropping quite a bit and you know we didn't see much and you know they moved a little bit after dark it appeared from our cameras um but the other thing we had uh kind of against us is uh farmers were taking out the corn around our property and uh, they suspected they're going to get done right around six o'clock. And Nate and I were just trying to decide if we we're going to go back to that blind. Um, we didn't know how them combining out there would affect it or not, but I just, I wanted to try and give Nate a good experience and didn't want uh, someone else to ruin our hunt. You know, I, I know deer are used to farmers and farm equipment, but um, it was just something that we could avoid. So I decided to do that and, it really didn't pay off either, but that storm came in. Um, it was lightning like crazy. I think we got about five inches of rain. It rained all day Sunday, and uh, the lightning was just super gnarly. Huh. And that was on Saturday, right? Uh, Sunday. That was on Sunday. Okay, gotcha. Yep. So, on so Sunday. I, I didn't get a – I wasn't able to go out on Sunday at all. I thought – uh, you know, between uh, storm cells passing, I might be able to get out for a little bit, but the lightning was so intense uh, all day long that there was just no no way I was getting out there. Um, but the storm actually, it stopped like, oh, probably about 45 minutes before dark, and uh, there's actually another uh, storm coming right at dark. And so um, we actually got in the truck and went on a drive, and there were deer out everywhere i saw so many bucks that we've had on trail camera this year um for the first time out in uh, the fields feeding and um it was a good scouting night for sure to take advantage of oh yeah for sure so nate probably went back home sunday i'm guessing and then you were there for monday and tuesday right yeah so nate they went back saturday night max left too um max really he He'd seen um, a couple bucks kind of just hanging out. They weren't really – they were bedded down quite a bit and just feeding a little bit. Um, but he had a pretty slow weekend too. So, yeah, those guys went home Saturday night. Saturday night I didn't hunt. Um, but Monday morning um, I went out and I was excited. It was really pr- 
pretty windy, I would say. It was like 15 to 20 mile an hour northwest winds. And um, I went to um, a stand in a creek bottom. And, you know, the, the wind was perfect for that particular stand. And I really like um, hunting that stand. Like, as soon as we have a, a storm front passing and it's uh, windier, I always seem to have really good hunts down there. So um, I actually rattled in four different bucks that morning. Um, and, you know, they just kept coming at, at different times. It seemed like, um, you know, every time I tried rattling, I, I at least rattled in something. So that, that was pretty cool. Right on. And that was Monday, right? Yep. Monday morning. And then, um, Monday evening I went to a different spot. Um, what well, I, I guess, I guess none of those bucks were shooters, right? No. Okay. Got you. No. So real, no, quick, they were real, real quick on that subject, I want to pick your brain on that, kind of put you on the spot because, okay. Uh, um, first of all, can you think back how, how many bucks and you could be honest, I don't care. How many bucks have you shot or your brother shot from rattling in total over the, your lifetime? Um, I think so. I mean, for sure, for sure rattled in. Mac for sure rattled in two. I rattled in one, I think two years ago and I missed him. Um, so, and he was 20 yards. I should have shot him. I just got tangled up in my safety harness, but that was, that would have been three. <laughs> um, yeah. Cluster Chris. Yeah. You know, they come behind you and you got that awkward angle with the camera behind you and you're trying to shoot behind the tree. It just, it, it's a struggle. I hear you. Um, but yeah, I, that's all I can really remember off the top of my, my head off the bat. But, um, you know, Max's was last year and the other one was a couple of years ago. And, um, I don't know. I rattle it. You know, I rattle in a decent amount of bucks every year, not always shooters, but, um, you know, it's still a cool experience. And, it is. So the reason I put you on the spot is because I think back to how many I rattled in and actually shot, and I could think of one ever. And whether that was with me or someone else, one time ever. And I've rattled in a ton of bucks, younger, some mature bucks, a lot of mature bucks that would sneak in and get almost within range and then come behind me and get downwind and then bust out. So my thing is, is, is rattling is calling. Is that a good thing? I think there's definitely a place for it. I personally absolutely hardly ever blind rattle or call whatsoever. Now, if I see a mature buck and I'm reading his demeanor, I'm not scared whatsoever to call to him. If I feel like he's an aggressive buck and might come in to my setup, as long as I have a good backdrop, meaning it's thick where if he's going to try to get downwind of me, I will already have a shot at him before he can get downwind of me. That's the only way that I will call. Now, I know you do a lot of blind calling in general of all sorts, and so do several other team members too, not just you. And my my question is, is it a good thing or is it a bad thing doing it? On an overall average, if you average it out, is it in your best interest to do it or not to do it? And 
I don't really know the exact answer to that question, but when I look at averages, I think it's hurting you better more than it's helping you. Especially a lot of those younger bucks, you know, maybe not year and a half olds, but those three and a half plus year old bucks, I feel like you really educate them. Especially if they come in, they come in and bust you. Um, I think they definitely are going to pick up on that and they don't forget. You know, same same way if you, usually if you shoot out a buck and you miss them, the chances of you getting another shot at that deer out of that same tree are pretty slim. If, if you knew what happened. You understand what I'm saying there? Yeah. So I'm just, I'm, I was curious on that because, man, I, I used to call a time too. Um, I remember one morning with Jake, I rattled in nine bucks in one morning. Didn't shoot a single deer. But, and it is fun. I'm not going to lie to you. It is absolutely fun. And same instance, you know, with kick it in, you know, the one call I never, ever do is a snort wheeze, hardly ever. However, in that situation, I knew that the eight pointer laying down in front of us thought he was king stuff. And I knew kick it in with his demeanor and what he was doing. He thought he was king of the block. And I knew kick it in didn't see that eight pointer and the eight pointer didn't see him. I wanted those two to be able to see each other. And the only way I didn't have my rattling horns or nothing. And I couldn't rattle the buck with the eight pointer was only laying 50 yards. So I did a snort wheeze ended up working. Perfect. Kick it in, came to investigate those two locked it saw each other they went into a massive brawl doe came by us kick it in came in jennifer killed him great uh giant buck so it definitely can work i'm just curious you know on an overall average if it's a good thing to do it or a bad thing to do it so that's something you listeners can decide and uh kind of think about it but back in the encounters that you've had do you think it's actually beneficial or do you think it's actually harming your chances so I, I think it's beneficial. I'm a little more aggressive, I think, probably than you. Um, well, I will say, I, I, like I want to say it depends too on the deer too. You know the the type of deer they are: an aggressive deer or a non-aggressive deer. Like Uno, if you rattled to Uno, he would run like gone away. He's not coming in. He knows what sound that came from. He's not coming. Not saying you educated him because he just wasn't an aggressive buck. He didn't want to. He didn't want to tangle. Now, another buck, he might, you know, want to tangle and might call him in. But actually, blind calling, I hardly ever do. But anyways, right. go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I just, I have some tree stands that are higher up, and um, I'm just, I'm really not worried about them, uh, you know, their type of tree stands are high enough. Deer rarely ever see you. I rarely ever uh, get winded on them, it seems like, and, uh, you know, they're just set up in such a way where I feel like really confident and safe rattling out of those particular tree stands. So I will get more aggressive out of those couple ones versus, you know, if I'm hunting a, a lower tree stand or one that I'm more uh, afraid of getting picked off, then yeah, I, I won't do it. So I, I will say that it definitely, like there, I have probably four tree stands that I am like 100% solid and confident on rattling and it's also because of their location where, um, you know, I think bucks are bedded in thicker areas and they come in and kind of get confused and not really know where to look exactly. And that buys me more time. If that makes sense. Yep. Yep. Um, totally. The other thing is, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I agree. You go ahead. I'm listening. Um, 
the other thing is, like, I, I'm in a situation this year where we have two mature bucks on uh, farm. One's uh, five or six, and the other one's eight plus. And the five or six year old's pushing the eight plus year old around. And so, if I'm rattling over there, I'm assuming that the you know the, the younger buck is going to come in more to the rattling and have a better chance of killing him than I will the other one. The other one's getting pushed around and uh, is not as aggressive than I'm actually, if I'm rattling there, I'm, I feel like I'm kind of hurting my chances at killing him a little bit um, because I don't think he's really that an aggressive of a deer, and I don't think the chances of him blindly coming in are that great. Right, right. So it, it definitely comes back down to the it's particular a, demeanor of yeah, the bucker chase. Demeanor and situational too, you know, location you're at. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if you're rattling in a wide open acorn flat with no backdrop and that deer can see hundreds of yards, uh, if it's a big mature buck, I would say most likely that deer is definitely not going to come within bow range. He's going to look no. at the source of that sound and he's going to be like, nothing's there, time to carry on. Exactly. So, definitely situational. So did we get through Tuesday? Because you hunted Tuesday, right? Um. Well, I don't even think we got through Monday night yet. So Okay, okay. sorry. Um, I went out Monday night. I, I was debating whether or not to use a decoy, but anyways, um, they just took out all the corn around the farm, so I knew that the chance of the deer being out in that pit cornfield were really good. And, of course, there was tons of deer up there, and uh, I saw one buck that uh, we're targeting this year. He is uh, a heavy 10-pointer with split G2s. Um, five or six year old deer, uh, big body on him, and he was actually with I don't know, probably like eight does and fawns, and um, he was just kind of feeding, hanging out, and um, I decided to rattle at him, and uh, I got his attention. He was looking my way, and I had some other smaller bucks out on my direction, so he's kind of looking at them too. Um, so that was another thing that kind of used to my advantage. Since I had uh, deer and smaller bucks around me, I rattled in, and when he saw them, you know, I kind of had live decoys out there. So that was another, like, thing that I would use to my advantage. But anyway, he, I got his attention, and then um, a vehicle ended up driving by and scared him off in the woods, and then came back out probably an hour later and uh, was working his way to me. Um I got about 70 yards and out of nowhere, a little buck busted a, a doe out of the CRP and was grunting at her. And he turned to look at them and then started chasing them too. And, uh, then he quickly ditched them and just kind of carried on fed out into the field. So I didn't get an option at him. Um, so that kind of finished the night on Monday. And then, uh, Tuesday we had a, uh, East Northeast wind and, um, I went out in the morning. I saw one buck right at first light, and then other than that, it was it was really pretty calm where I sat at. Um, it was absolutely beautiful. The fall color and like the moisture in the air. I mean, it was one of the prettiest mornings since I will have this entire year, I think. Um, so that was cool. But anyways, I went back out that night um, and set up um, all along the field edge again. But this night, I decided to take uh, my decoy and. I had some bucks um, come out to the field uh, pretty early on, and um, they saw my decoy, and they just kind of fed and carried on. But 
as night went on and more deer came out of the field and they worked their way closer to uh, me and my decoy, they, um, one of the bucks was a four-year-old and he started, uh, you know, bristling up and then he came in and was raking uh, some of the corn stalks with his rack and then he stood at my decoy and checked it out and snort wheezed and um, some other bucks were fighting and stuff. So um, that was pretty cool. And then the, the buck from the night before, came out and um you know he was uh he saw my decoy saw those other bucks and they were sparring he was working his way right to me and i just had terrible luck and so I happened to another vehicle decided to come down the road at that given time and scared him off again so oh, man. Uh, that's just part of uh hunting particular farm and uh you know you have to deal with people and vehicle traffic and uh big yeah. bucks don't like it yep and you've been super close we haven't even talked about trail camera pictures it seemed like over this last week everywhere that you were uh the bucks the the shooters were at the opposite camera i mean they were playing cat and mouse with you pretty hardcore this past week weren't they um well not i guess it wasn't like this past uh hunting time but last time we uh did the podcast so yeah that last week yeah yeah. Um, I remember you had some daylight walkers for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I still get into that. Like right now, a lot of the bucks are, are just out of shooting light They're They might be on camera like that first 10, 15 minutes in the morning, going back to bed, just hanging out a little late. And then other than that, um, you know, it's kind of been here miss, but there have been a couple day walkers on number two target buck. Um, he was walking around, um, oh, Monday afternoon at one fifty-eight, and then today at noon. So yeah, I mean, there's so speaking of number two, uh, I guess I'll start with this so I don't make you feel too bad. But if you guys don't know me, I usually don't like morning hunts all that well for multiple reasons. But one big one is I can't eat nothing hardly in the morning uh, breakfast because. I'm a 30 minute ticking time bomb usually. And on my way to the tree stand or as soon as I get to the tree stand, I've got code Brown. It's notorious every single time. And if I don't eat nothing, then my stomach's rumbling and it's crazy. And long story short, that first morning sit of the year, which is just a couple days ago, I got in the tree stand, got all settled in, started breaking daylight and it hit me. Had to strip down, had to, I couldn't get out of the tree stand in time. There's no way. I'm always prepared. And I was sitting right on a creek edge, thankfully, and uh, leaned out with the safety harness and dropped the code brown in the creek and uh, carried on, which is not my first rodeo by any means. It's actually a a laughing joke, I think, going around with the team guys because I'm not kidding you. I can take crap anywhere, anytime. It just, it hits me. I don't know what's wrong with my guts, but. It's not good. So, yeah, I had that, but and uh, you pulled a Kyle, too, didn't you? Because you called me, and you're like, hey, I pulled a Kyle this morning. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, we went to All You Can Eat Fried Chicken on Sunday, and it did not agree with me come uh, Monday morning. And, um, yeah, it, it's been a while since I've done that. But, yeah, I didn't even get out of the tree stand, and, like, I just happened to be, like, 
I don't know, this tree's like literally two or three feet off the creek. So, yeah, it, it worked you let, out. You perfect. let Cobra Brown fly, but you didn't hit the creek. You, you said you had to end up scraping it into the creek, which is crazy. I, I used this stick and flung it, which would be, yeah, that's what I did. You know? Uh, you got to do what you got to do. Hey, that's real. Yeah, that's part of hunting. That's, that's real life, you know? Oh, yeah. I was Shit happens. That creek <laughs> yep. Yep. And when it does end up in your pants, uh, it's a good, good day. That's a good day. That's right. Oh, that's hilarious. Well, hey, man, that's a good note to end it on. We're going to hop on the line now with Matt. You know, he's had some good encounters, and I think his brother had some success too. But looking at this coming week's forecast, I don't know how much you're going to be able to get out, but, man, it looks prime here. We've got almost every day next week is going to be the highs are going to be less than 50 degrees almost every day. And I'm really looking forward to this coming week. So are you going to be able to get out this coming week at all? Oh yeah, I'm gonna be out Friday to Monday, and uh, this is typically some of the best hunting we have of the year. So I'm really looking forward to it, and the weather's looking awesome. Um, Saturday looks like the the best day to me. Um, I like these days right after these uh, we get all this rain and stuff. But if the rain stops tomorrow afternoon, tomorrow night will be a kill night as well. Right on. Well, best of luck, bud. Looking forward to having you back on here. Hopefully. We'll finally have a big buck down report. It seems like uh, yeah. th- th- we need to get the monkey off the back here. Oh, yeah. It's coming. Yes, it's sir. Coming. Yes, sir. All right, Chris. Well, you have a good night, man. I appreciate you hopping on here. All right. We'll do. You too. All right. Take care, Chris. See ya. All right. Now on the phone, I've got Matt Lape. How are you tonight, man? Good, Kyle. How are you doing? Uh, I can't complain. Been better, been worse. <laughs> no doubt there. <laughs> Another. 2021 just like 2020 yeah, seems like yeah always something always a hiccup yeah. in season and it's just life you know it's, it's oh uh, yeah you just got to overcome it and keep carrying on and hopefully hopefully you have a good deer season as well so yeah <laughs> just part just of gotta it gotta keep hunting when you can that's right so we haven't had you on the podcast yet for the deer season of 2021 i know we're in week four but I want to bring us up to date in a short fashion of your week one, two, and three up to week four. And have you had any encounters on those first three weeks? Anything showing up on your trail camera, etc.? Yeah, honestly, uh, the first two weeks of bow season, I didn't even get out. Uh, just had a lot of things going on with the girls and stuff. So, you know what that's like. So, uh, third week of October, I think I maybe sat once. I've seen some does. Um, I had a few good deer on camera, but once that, uh, this last week, October hit, I had like 10 mature bucks show up on several different farms, some that were familiar faces and some that weren't, that really got me excited. But, um, I've been kind of sticking close to the home farm. I hunted there, um, Friday evening. I'm going after a deer there. I got, uh, four years of history with, had pictures of him. I guess you'd call it history. I got four years of, three years of pictures of him. He's five and a half this year. Uh, big double split G2 buck, probably in the mid 160 range. Be my best buck ever if I can connect with him. But I've never seen that deer on the hoof, even though I've got several daylight pictures of him. I've just never been able to, you know, visually see him. But 
So I went in to hunt that deer on Friday night and I ended up passing, uh, had a beautiful three and a half year old 10 pointer come out, uh, real pretty deer, probably in the 130 range, nothing big, but just got me pumped for season. He was chasing does and, uh, had another small buck with him chasing does and just got me pretty jacked, you know, for rut coming up. I got vacation starting, uh, the end of next week. So got me pretty pumped up. And then, uh, I hunted again Monday night and I seen a bunch of does. I didn't see any bucks, but, uh, then Tuesday night I went out to another lease. I got with, um, my brother and a couple other buddies, uh, had a big 10 pointer coming into bed. That was a brand new buck. And he was going right in the bedroom where they always bed. So I went and hunted that deer, hoping he would come out. And uh, so I get a call from my brother, which this is kind of a cool story. He was coming to hunt that that same lease that night and kind of was getting some insight on what I have on camera. Because I obviously run the reveals by Tacticam out there. So I kind of know what's going on. He doesn't really run cameras too often. He just you know, he's kind of just go hunt type of guy. So sure. I told him there's been a few good deer coming out on this uh, particular area. And, uh, he went over there to hunt and, uh, I, I had forgot to tell him I took the tree stand down. So, uh, he, <laughs> oh, he's, what like, a hey, dick uh, brother. <laughs> he's like, where's this tree stand? I'm like, Oh, uh, about that. There's no stand there anymore. <laughs> so, I get a reveal cell cam picture of him walking right in front of it. And he ended up, he sent me a Snapchat seconds later. He had a few tree steps in his pocket. So he ended up climbing into a hedge tree, stand, just safety tying off to the limbs and standing on a limb eight foot above the ground. So I'm like, you're, that's never going to work. You're not going to kill a deer out of that. All you're going to do is mess that spot up. I texted him that literally at probably 4.30. At 5.15, my phone was ringing, and he shot a five-and-a-half-year-old deer that we called Strikeout. The deer walked right underneath his tree stand. Tree stand? There is no tree stand. Oh, yeah, you're right. (laughs) Limb. Walked under his limb. He goes, Matt, I could have jumped on this deer's back. It was that close to me. So it ended up winding him. It got underneath him and got out to the field where his wind was blowing and winded him run back into the timber and he shot him at eight yards. So it, uh, wasn't a big rack buck, but it was one that we had pictures of the last couple of years out there and he never really did do much. So we all kind of had the pack that we would shoot him if he came by and I couldn't believe he got it done so early, let alone standing on a hedge limb. (laughs) Yeah, man, that's, that's, that's what you call, uh, Taking a lemon, crushing it, making lemonade right there. I mean. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're dang right. He, uh, this kid has the four-leaf clover of all four-leaf clovers in his pocket. I think he's killed at least a five-and-a-half-year-old buck the last three years, I want to say, in the last week of October. No kidding. Yeah, last year he shot like a 150-inch eight-pointer about a hundred yards from where he killed this deer. So he's got the lucky horseshoe. That's for sure. Yeah. Even, even whenever he gets the unlucky text back that says, Hey, yeah, I uh, took that tree stand down. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
he just improvised and uh, ended up getting it done. So well, that's awesome. Cool, so. Yeah, I mean, he could have had definitely, definitely had a lot different attitude and just went back home. But yep. he, you know, he yeah. made, he made something work and pulled it off. That's that's exactly right. He he does kind of keep my attitude positive because I kind of get down every now and then. You know, I'm not seeing big ones or this or that, and it's not even about that anymore. I've tried to get so far away from that. I used to worry about what I'm seeing and, you know, uh, if I'm seeing big ones, if I'm, you know, seeing deer at all. And I just try to not really care anymore and just, just go hunt. That's his philosophy. Just get out there and go hunt, you know, and it, it kind of brings me up, you know, him having that attitude. So. Yep. Cause at the end of the day, if you don't enjoy it, then why are you doing it? Right. It ain't all about killing big deer. It's about getting out there and, Right. That's a quiet place for us to go, you know, to wipe our minds clean with everything that's going on in the world right now. Just going out there and sitting in the quiet and watching the birds and the squirrels. And I know that sounds. No, you know, I totally, okay. I totally, I totally get it. I absolutely love it. Uh, just the craziness in life in general, especially yep. the older we, we're getting, you know, with kiddos and uh, respond more responsibilities. It seems like every year, et cetera. It's nice Absolutely. to get out there and just refresh your mind. And a lot of times I like to just leave the phone in the pocket the entire time and don't touch it and just reminisce and enjoy the scenery and the wildlife. And, you know, if you get to shoot a big buck on top of it, that's great. Let's, let's be Absolutely. honest. We're definitely trying to shoot a mature buck. We're not oh, just, yeah. we're not just picking any old spot and going to go sit out there and nature watch. No, we are trying yeah. to kill a big buck, but Absolutely. If we don't kill one, it's not like we're going to be completely crushed or feel the pressure. You know, someone, right. asked, someone asked me that the other day, you know, they said, you know, since Team Radical and everything, do you feel like you have a lot more pressure on you? And I said, absolutely not. I actually feel like I have less. And they're kind of stunned by that because I really don't care. I'm never going to shoot a deer for someone else's satisfaction ever. I mean, it's, it's for me. And yep. if I, I'm not happy with it. Why would I shoot it? Right. And, and if I don't get a shot at one, then, you know, the buck beat me. That's all there is to it. It happens. It's going to happen. And I'm good with that. And, you know, just to shoot a buck to make content, that's not going to fly with me. That's not going to reflect good in my story. And I won't be happy with it. So I I don't care. You know, we, we talked a lot about that at our team medical meeting too. You know, just even if you don't shoot a buck every season, you still have a story to tell, to show, and, you know, all the heartaches and everything that went into your entire season, whether it had to do with hunting or not, and just everything combined in a compilation, every season is completely unique to itself, and I love yeah. that. I love that. That That's one thing I love about being on Team Radical is you don't ever expect anybody to hold – themselves to the same standards as you or to that guy or to that guy or the hunting industry. It's not, well, he's got to be five and a half years old. If a guy wants to shoot a three and a half year old, 125 inch deer or even smaller, whatever he wants to shoot, it's all about what, what hunting is to you. And that's what I like about team radical. And it's not about shooting big deer. It's about creating the story and telling your, your hunting season story or hunting seasons story. Right. And that's just, 
it's kind of got me back into, you know, shoot what makes you happy. Don't shoot what's going to make somebody else happy. You know, I try to shoot for four and a half year old deer. You know, we got a lot of guys on the team that'll pass a four and a half year old deer. And that's awesome. If you can do that, it's just, my goal is to get, I think a four and a half year old deer is a mature deer. Obviously they could get bigger, they could get smaller. And I just, I, that's what I strive for right now in my life is, you right. know, shooting a four and a half year old buck. So. Right. You have a goal. I mean, you have a goal and you strive for it next year. Yeah. Say you shoot a four and a half this year. Next year, if you say, well, now I want to go for a five and a half. Well, then you make that decision. And as long as you're happy with it and you're not doing it because someone else influenced you, I can't stand that. And I know a lot yeah. of people ask me all the time, they go, what's your management plan on shooting deer? And I might get some flack for saying this, but I don't care. I hardly ever tell anybody what my management plan is, what I like to do and what my goal is, because I don't want that to reflect onto them that they should do that. Yeah. Because I do not want to, I do not want to say that, you know, if, if my neighbors are all shooting mature bucks, yeah, that's fantastic. Obviously then we're all going to have great big, you know, mature bucks to shoot every single season. But at the end of the day, if Joe Blow neighbor wants to shoot a two and a half year old buck and he's going to be absolutely tickled pink and he's going to eat it and he's going to love it and enjoy the campfire memories with his family. Good for him or her. Like fantastic. I don't care. I'm so happy for them. If they're happy now, if they're not happy and they say they did this just to, coal out or whatever they try to downgrade the deer you see it on social media all the time as oh as yeah they shoot, not the biggest in yeah the woods. not the biggest deer in the woods or this buck needed to go and blah 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 yeah i get it there's some bully bucks that yeah should be shot or whatever but it's it's so frequent they they automatically downgrade the deer and and i just can't stand that i i never want to ever downgrade a deer i mean and i think people are downgrading their deer strictly because they get, you know, all the comments, well, you should have let them go another year. You know, I think they do that to themselves to make it, they, so it feels justified to people that aren't them. Right. And that's just, it drives me nuts too. I see it all the time. Yep. They're, it's reflecting on others, what they're seeing on social media and, there, it's 100% evident if you just go on Facebook for a day during deer season, you're going to see it. It's, absolutely. It's absolutely pathetic. And to be quite honest, I really feel sorry for that person because I don't know how you could possibly be happy doing that. I mean, you, you can't be. You're shooting something else based on what others think of you. Yeah. And that is completely sad. I mean, you should shoot what you want to shoot, be happy with it, set goals if you want to set goals and go with it, just like you're saying, your brother, just go hunt. Like maybe he does yeah. have a management plan. Maybe he doesn't, but he just doesn't really run cameras. He just wants to go out there and enjoy, he wants to relax. And if he gets a shot at a big buck, great. If you don't, he don't. Yep. That's how he is. He does. He does try to target mature deer, you know, and he does shoot mature deer. And I think it's just because he's got the attitude, just go hunt. Stop worrying about, you know, what, deer cast says stop worrying about what this person says the rut's doing just go hunt Mm -hmm. the more times you can get in the stand and hunt smart you know and and he does he plays the wind he plays he he does smart things and it it works so yep i always 
I, I changed my attitude. It's been years ago, but I used to struggle with it. You know, I get frustrated, kind of like you were just talking earlier. I get frustrated, get frustrated, and it seemed like that was making it worse. It and, does. And then when I just it loosened does. up and had fun and decided, and, and I carried so much confidence, like every hunt I go into, unless it's an observation sit, but in every hunt that I go on, I am so confident in every hunt. I mean – I think every hunt I'm going to kill the the big one, every hunt. And I also realize that that's probably not going to happen, obviously, every hunt. and But that confidence alone just really helps me and gets me motivated and gets me excited, you know, especially then, like, last night I had that great encounter, passed up that five-year-old. You know, that was so much fun. I was so energized, and I, I, I love it, and I love just being out there hunting. Absolutely. So it just keeps you going, having a better attitude. You, you continue to hunt smarter. You start getting down on yourself. You start doing stupid things. You well, know, here's, here's a pro tip. Life in general is a lot better when you're happy. Oh yeah. When you're happy instead of being a negative Nancy. And if you're a positive person and you feed only on positivity and you ignore the negativity, you will be a happier person. I promise you that. And I don't mean to get Dr. Phil on you here, but uh, <laughs> that is absolute truth. I can guarantee you that. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, man. I, I don't know how we got off on that subject, but it's a good one because it is very relevant, especially this time of year. People yeah. obviously putting down bucks. And so I want to tra- uh, transfer over going forward. So you've got some mature bucks on camera. Yep. And you said your rutcation basically is starting – the end of this coming week. Yeah, I'll be starting uh, really hunting hard. I probably won't hunt this weekend. Uh, might try to get out one day early in the week next week. I've got quite a bit of stuff at work to get done before I go on this vacation, but I'm off the 5th through about the 28th, so awesome. I should be able to get plenty of hunt time in. Obviously, being off that much time, I'm not going to be hunting every day, leaving the kids with the wife every day but i'll be able to get plenty of sits in and hopefully uh connect with one so heck yeah man man. well i hope you can hopefully you can get a get a shot at one get one stuck and have a good season regardless i know the the prime time is getting ready to be here anytime and i'm really looking forward to it i'm starting to notice it on cameras and in person on the hunts that yeah same here i'm starting to get a little bit more daylight activity my big one just showed up in daylight uh, last Saturday, so he's really starting. My, my chunk I'm hunting him on is extremely small. It's only about, it's literally about a two-acre chunk, so it's all I got right there, but it produces. I, I get a lot of big deer on camera there. It's just a really good transition area, so Heck yeah. I just, I you got to hunt those areas very smart and very limited almost. Yep. So. Yep, for sure. Access and exit are just key as well. Yep. And it is extremely bulletproof access access and exit. So it, it works out really good. Perfect. So hopefully well, hey, we can get on. And if not, oh well, we'll keep on hunting another deer. That's right. Well, best of luck to you. And uh, hopefully next time you're on here, we'll have a awesome update. I hope so too, Kyle. Good luck this season. All right, you too. Thanks, Matt. Have a good night. You too, buddy. Talk to you later. Yep, bye. Bye.